With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to get your hockey fix. This is Brave the Wild with your host, Paladino Joey, the leader of Minnesota wild hockey here on thesportstuff.com. Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan? Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a pleasure to bring you yet another year of Brave the Wild. Obviously, (laughs) we're nearing the midpoint of the season, not quite there, but another calendar year, yes, because it is 2015 now. Yeah, get your DeLoreans ready. (laughs) Back to the Future Part 2. It's 2015. Nothing's flying, and the Wild certainly aren't flying either. Cars aren't flying. The Wild aren't flying. Their standing isn't flying either. Uh, This is New Year's Day. (laughs) I'm recording on New Year's Day. I think I've done this before, particularly for this show. It seems like a lot of milestones pop up on this show. I recorded my 400th uh, overall podcast on this show my 300th, I'm pretty sure. I believe it was like my six-year anniversary last year on Brave the Wild. So for some reason, this show seems to gobble up all the milestones. Uh, wish there was more positive stuff to talk about with the Wild today. But, uh, well, we did get one win out of it. One. One win out of the past week of all these quote-unquote must-win and should-win type of games. One win out of four games since the last episode of Brave the Wild. Hope you all had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year it has been about ooh, uh, a little less than two weeks since the last episode. I was going to record last week, but just kind of got too tied up, too busy, and figured there's only two games to review. Plus, I figured also, really important to talk about both of the Winnipeg matchups, not just one. Figured, you know, there's just too much going on. Might as well put them both on the same show. That was actually the main reason of the delay. So, happy to bring you to Brave the Wild today. This is going to be a two-segment show because there's really nothing to talk about with the Iowa Wild. I don't really have a North Stars memory right now. I just want to focus on the Wild, and that's it today. The Minnesota Wild, not the Iowa Wild, and not an old North Stars memory. Going to get that back into the swing of things, hopefully by the next show. But So basically, we're going to review what happened the past week or so, week and a half, the four games. Ugh. <laughs> and we'll preview the next week 
or so in segment number two. That's going to pretty much be the focus. We'll pass out our awards for best player and worst player of the week and all that good stuff. So, okay, let's just get right into it. Hope that wasn't too much background information for you because obviously I'm focusing on the Wild overall here. Oh, a game the Wild should win. Just a couple days before Christmas, Tuesday, December the 23rd, Minnesota Wild host. That's right, host the Philadelphia Flyers, who they've had a decent amount of success against. Decent amount of success against in the past. And the Flyers, by the way, don't even have a winning record in the Eastern Conference, which has been a beatable conference for most teams in the Western Conference, a lot like the NBA. It's just crazy how these two leagues seem to parallel each other. And they've been doing it for a long, long time. Over a decade, to be quite honest with you, when it comes to stuff like this. A game the Wild should win, but my greatest fear was Philadelphia does have an extremely talented offense. And they displayed that. The Minnesota Wilds struggling in the net, and they displayed that as well. Unfortunately, in a 5-2 loss to the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, 5-2 loss at home against the Philadelphia Flyers. It's just like the same old thing. It's like... Deja vu. I mean, what what can we call this episode? I mean, it could be one of many things. Flat out disappointing. Yeah, there you go. A coach that refuses to call out veterans, yet tends to throw the younger guys kind of under the bus, you could say. He kind of picks on them versus like saying, enough is enough with this underachieving veteran. You could enter in several guys in that category. (laughs) Rather than empowering the young guys, like it was said on a recent uh, podcast of Jeff Dubay, I... It's true. (laughs) They don't empower the young guys. They just continue to, well, they just continue to allow the veterans to, at least Mike Yo does, continue to allow the veterans to kind of do as they are, struggle as they are, and nothing's done about it. They're not scratched. Maybe finally Miko Koivu, it took like three years for Miko Koivu to finally get uh, demoted off the top line, and Mikhail Granlund at the time to be playing as well as he was during last season, and, well, we hoped it would, pick up where it left off into this season, but not quite the case. What really is there to say for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers game with the Wild? Well, they were playing well, in fairness. They had been playing well of late. They'd been winning on the road, and they just recently blew out the the better (laughs) Toronto Maple Leafs, so the Wild will be playing tomorrow night, unfortunately for us. That'll be fun. We'll be talking about them in the next segment. But the Flyers had been on fire a bit, and again, like I said, they have lots of scores. Wayne Simmons was the overall goal scorer of the Philadelphia Flyers, the leading goal scorer for them, and Claude Giroux, the best overall player. Ugh. Talented team, and they took it to the wild. Talented team with the goalie situation that's not much better than ours, but we didn't take advantage of it, and they did. That's pretty much about right. Marco Scandella, though, with his eighth goal of the year. Charlie Coyle with his third goal of the year on the power play. So the Wild power play finally getting somewhere. They at least get one power play in this game. Of course, been a, another struggle point the whole season. And then, yes, in slight fairness, the Philadelphia Flyers, obviously, they padded the stats a little bit, making it 5-2 to two with an empty netter. But, hey, that's on the Wild for giving up, that, giving up the empty net in that one as well. Giving up the puck when you have the man advantage. The ancient Vincent LeCavier, who I talked about. What a surprise. Nice jinx for us again with his fifth goal in the game. Just a crappy game for the Wild. Crappy game. They got outplayed by the Philadelphia Flyers. And Mr. Kemper just wasn't good. He just quite simply wasn't good. He gave up early goals against the Philadelphia Flyers, which he did. Less than four minutes into the game. In fact, oh no, no, it was more than four minutes. I apologize for that. 
seven minutes into the game, <laughs> Sean Cotier, uh, assisted by R.J. Umberger, and then right away Claude Giroux scoring just two minutes later. Two early goals for Philadelphia, and yeah, that's a bad sign for the Wild, and it always is. Darcy Kemper gives up a couple of uh, quickies, and it's just downhill from there. The Wild try to make a comeback, and they don't make a comeback. So, ultimately, the Minnesota Wild and Philadelphia Flyers end the season even. The Minnesota Wild did beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia earlier this year. That's one of the reasons I was encouraged by it. In fact, only a month before <laughs> the game last Tuesday. 3-2 to two in favor of the Minnesota Wild at that point. And then, of course, 5-2 to two in favor of the Philadelphia Flyers at National Energy Center. Flyers just flat out outplayed the Wild. <sighs> uh, frustration picking up is... Once again, of course, there have been injuries and illness that have plagued the Wild, but you could say that about everybody in the league. Everybody has their problems and their weaknesses and their issues. The Wild aren't overcoming it, and other teams maybe, I guess, are, at least during the evenings that we play them. <laughs> Mikhail Granlund, not at this point, but later on, is now out for four weeks due to a fractured wrist, so that totally sucks. Another problem for the Wild to face. Matt Cook, as mentioned, had returned uh, as of the previous episode, had just returned. And he's been a factor, but only as much as he can be. I mean, he's an instigator more than he's a scorer. He hasn't been picking up the statistics necessarily at this point. The Minnesota Wild, uh, well, guys like Pominville Parisi, of course, picking up points like they always do. Spurgeon had a point, and Ryan Sutter with an assist. Ryan Sutter, excuse me, I keep calling him Sutter now because now we got Brett Sutter on the team. <laughs> but Skandala, just an absolute rocket of a shot, and he'll get his ninth goal as well during the course of this episode. We'll be talking about that. One of the best scoring defensemen in the league now. I mean, I'm so impressed with Marco Scandella. The guy is a player, man. I mean, absolutely love Marco Scandella and his progression with the Minnesota Wild. Kind of came from, uh, well, he was once... Highly touted, a second-round pick of Doug Riseborough. Had a huge drop-off, was sent down to the minor leagues, called up at the last second before the Wild played the Blackhawks the first time, two years ago now already in the playoffs. Looked a little bit better, was adequate, was better than what we had. And then, of course, last year, a nice, solid year, stuck with the team the whole season, and this year, definitely one of the best players on the team, to be quite honest with you. 15 points on the season with his nine goals and three assists. Overall, I mean, very pleased with Marcus Scandella, but outside of that, oh boy, the defensive pairings have been pretty rough. I mean, you got Spurgeon and Suter, you got Nino Niederreiter, oh, what am I talking about? You got Scandella, and you had Brodeen, but obviously he's been out with sickness and injuries and such. He hasn't been playing for a while now with injury, yet again. He tends to be oft injured a bit, and um, frustration definitely continuing there meaning more playing time for the Justin Falks, Stu Bickles, and, of course, uh, Foline, who does have a rocket, and that's good, good for him. Maybe he'll be another Skindella someday, but he certainly ain't there yet. Falk, a guy I don't really see worthy of playing time in this league, other than, uh, well, eh, eh, emergencies, I guess, like we're in now. Stu Bickle, I've been semi-pleased with. I mean, he's he is what he is, but uh, he's been okay for the Minnesota Wild to this point. Uh, he mixes things up, I guess. That's what partially one of the reasons he's here. So does Falk. But overall, I like his overall game more than Justin Falk, who I think brings a whole lot of nothing, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> Jonas Brodeen, who was playing in one of his last games for the time being with the Minnesota Wild. Just a, uh, 
an unbelievable year of injuries, frustration, sickness, and just flat-out terrible play. I mean, the Wilds' defensive playing has not been good. Mm-mm-mm. Going to be talking about what's going on with the Wild in the standings as we end up the, as we end the reviews shortly. Boy, it's uh, the Wilds' standing right now, very scary. Uh, horrifying, to be quite honest. Not something that anybody listening to this show right now expected coming into this season. So then, several days later, after the Christmas took place, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, of course, took place, no games in between that Tuesday the 23rd and Saturday the 27th, a must-win game for the Minnesota Wild in a lot of ways because they they were, at the time, nine points behind the Winnipeg Jets. That's right, nine points behind the Winnipeg Jets, a northern rival who's really become a true rival for the Minnesota Wild. A true rival in every way. A home-and-home with the Winnipeg Jets, it doesn't get bigger than that. And as many people say, and obviously I agree with this, for the Wild to make the playoffs, they have to knock the Winnipeg Jets out. So that means you got to sweep the Winnipeg Jets in these two games. Did the Wild sweep them? No. But the good news is the Wild actually performed fairly well against the Winnipeg Jets, believe it or not, despite the fact they did not get all four points. They did cough up two to the Winnipeg Jets. The Wild wound up with three in this situation. A loss at home, though, which is extremely frustrating for all of us. Oh, my goodness. Just an extremely frustrating loss for the Wild at home. Four minutes in the game, Mikhail Granlund with a rare goal this season. Pominville assisting on it. That was the good part. But then it was just grinded out. Battles throughout the game. A fairly boring game until the third period. <laughs> Brian Little scoring a goal. Doing what he does, but lots of blood, lots of fights, lots of jawing. That Dustin Befriggan is one. <laughs> he is an irritable SOB, and he's irritating to watch at times. He's going to be one of the famous rivals for the Minnesota Wild, I think, for many years to come, as long as he stays on the Winnipeg Jets. Just like I always said Steve Ott would be for the Minnesota Wild with the Dallas Stars. Then he went off to Buffalo, which accomplished a whole lot of nothing for all of us there. I mean, Buffalo, who cares about the Buffalo Sabres, right? Then he comes back to St. Louis, who's a much chippier team than the Dallas Stars ever ever have been. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Winnipeg and St. Louis, kind of similar in the chippiness. St. Louis overall, obviously, much much more skill on the St. Louis Blues. Both teams have great goaltending, though. Holy cow. <laughs> and Blake Wheeler, a Minnesota native, obviously a former Gopher. Backus was never on the uh, Gophers, but a very chippy <laughs> guy out of Minnesota. Uh, driving us all crazy, Blake Reeler <sighs> had the kind of goal that would piss everybody off in this town, and I'm sure it did. Turnover by Koivu, came back, <laughs> trying to stop the odd man rush, tried to get in between Blake Wheeler and the net, had his eyes on the puck, and Blake Wheeler <laughs> was able to stick it right through. When a lot of us thought this was John Curry was in net at the time, because... Huh, Kemper was extremely sick, and of course, Backstrom's hurt. That doesn't help. John Curry did what he could and was not that bad in this game, but ultimately a 4-3 loss in overtime, we'll say. But uh, a horrible odd man rush given up by Miko Koivu in this game. Just, mm, I mean, you, you saw it develop well before it happened. You saw the three guys coming out. Koivu's pass center, was trying to center it, and it was just taken away, and Blake Wheeler slipped right past Koivu off the feed from uh, Evander Kane. Dustin Befriggan got the puck, fed it to Kane. Kane 
to Blake Wheeler, who just slipped right past Koivu because Koivu was watching the puck, not Blake Wheeler. Maybe lift up Wheeler's stick, maybe knock him off a little bit. That would be nice. Check Wheeler away. <laughs> that would have been great. But no, just slid it right past Mr. Curry. Winnipeg went up 3-2 to two at that point after a few back and forth. Adam Lowry putting the Winnipeg Jets, had put the Winnipeg Jets up 2-1. to one. Jason Pominville with a rocket. A really nice shot. Stu Bickle with his first assist. Granlin with a nice centering pass to Pominville, who ultimately rocketed past Michael Hutchinson, who's been fantastic <laughs> this whole season for the Winnipeg Jets. Just absolutely awesome. He's actually been better than the regular starter. Michael Hutchinson is kind of is the backup, but his numbers are even better than Pavlich's have been for the Winnipeg Jets. But overall, just another fundamental game for the Wild that they did not get it done. I mean, not fundamentally sound at opportune times. Okay, Thomas Vanek scored a power play goal, and that was great. Tied things up. But you could just feel it. You could just feel that things were not going to go the Wild's way. And there was another break for the Winnipeg Jets in overtime. And Andrew Ladd (laughs) ultimately finished it after getting smashed in the face pretty good. A nice uh, bloody-looking bloody look on his face, like multiple cuts, looked like a stick probably got him, Matt Cook had a nice smile on his face for whatever reason, or at the same time, so I gotta think Matt Cook had something to do with that <laughs> Brian Little assisting on Captain Ladd's goal <sighs> unbelievable and there was Winnipeg Jets up for uh, win it 4-3, to three. up 4-3, to three. no they won it 4-3 to three on the goal a uh, devastation for all of us here in town we knew we were screwed at that point, and it, like the biggest must-win game ever was coming up just a few days later, Monday the 29th. Oh, and again, a game that looked like the Wild were going to lose the, pretty much for the longest time. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, when the Wild lost a game in overtime, it was like, well, that's the season, I guess, barring some type of miracle oh, going into Monday and beyond. Like, my, they win Monday, and then they start a win streak. Yeah. That would have been a nice situation, but unfortunately things didn't happen there. The Wild converted on a power play. They were 1 for 5 in that game, and of course the Jets, no power plays. Uh, they were over 3 on the power play. The Wild did kill the penalties nicely, and they were able to get one power play, so they're good in that category. Faceoffs pretty much even in this one. 33-32, to 32, the Wild winning in that category. Lots of hits all over the place, but Winnipeg actually a more physical team than the Minnesota Wild, and they frustrated us time and time again. The Wild tried very hard in this game. They tried very hard, and they played with a lot. Well, they played with passion. I wouldn't say a lot, but yeah, more than more than normal, we'll say more than what we've seen this year, anyway. What you'd call normal this year. But the fundamentals at the time just weren't there when they needed to be. Hammondville getting a, you know, getting a, getting what's been a fairly rare goal this year. He's he's been playing. He's been playing a little better of late. He's been on a positive trend of late, but. In general, just the mistakes at the inopportune times, and of course, a little bit of bad luck with having to have your third string goalie in there, bringing him up out of Iowa at the last minute to take on your now arch rival, which they are, the Winnipeg Jets, in a game that meant as much as it does. Just a tough situation overall, and the Wild do not get the job done, but they get a point out of it. <laughs> it's good that you get a point, but ultimately, even if we won the game in overtime, it's still irritating that <laughs> we had to go to overtime even because you don't want to give Winnipeg any points. And luckily the Minnesota Wild did not give the Winnipeg Jets any points. 
Monday, December the 29th. How about that? <laughs> Desperation. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Or let's just say <laughs> the Wild played desperate, you could say, in this one. Lots of passion. Lots of hitting. Lots of back and forth. And with the Jets up one nothing in a physical first period. Lots of knocking back and forth. And with the Jets taking a uh, just 20 seconds into the second period, the Jets scoring on the power play. In fact, they both of their goals were on the power play. After not getting any power play the previous game, the Jets score twice on the power play. Three power plays overall. 67% power play in this game, of course, as you'd like to say. Two-thirds of their power plays they scored on. Michael Florolik and Matteo Perlot scoring his ninth goal of the year. Florolik with his eighth goal of the year, unassisted on a Bad turnover. <laughs> surprise, surprise there. Another mistake. And then a solid, strong power play. The Wild, again, could not get the puck out of the zone. Another huge problem the Wild have had all season. Their defensemen just not getting the puck out of the zone. And really, nobody's shining at that point in time <laughs> on that power play. The Jets just got the job done, and that's what mattered there. 2 nothing Winnipeg, just 20 seconds, as I mentioned, into the second period and then Darcy Kemper, a recovered <clears throat> Darcy Kemper, <laughs> slammed the door on the Jets the rest of the night. And you could definitely say he was the best player in this game. And this was the game of <laughs> this was a game of role players. This was a game of well, third liners and fourth liners. In fact, this time you could call them fourth liners because Ryan Carter, Brett Sutter, Kyle Braziak, and Justin Fontaine. So third, fourth, you know how they shuffle around sometimes with those two understandably there. All uh, all factored in this game, helped the Wild tie it up. And then Marcus Scandella with another just absolute rocket, his ninth goal of the year. <laughs> ninth goal of the year. Zach Parisi and Jason Pominville obviously setting up Marcus Scandella for that one. Passing the puck out and over to Scandella for his slap shot, his ninth goal of the year <laughs> to put the Wild ahead 3-2. to two. With only 12 seconds remaining in the second period. And then it was Darcy Kemper and the Wilds' defense. And some unbelievable saves down the stretch, including one with about a minute and a half remaining. Darcy Kemper saved the day for the Wild in this one. And that's the Darcy Kemper we all hope and wish would be the Darcy Kemper we're going to get on a more frequent basis. Because if we get this Darcy Kemper, the Minnesota Wild are contenders in this league. You have a legit goalie who can get it done. He's an athletic guy with a lot of talent. And when he is physically, when he is mentally strong, like he was on this night, and he wants it, so to speak, and I'm, and there's no doubt that he does want it, but when he does want it, <laughs> he's fantastic. When His physical attributes are definitely there. It's all about the mental attributes. It's all about Darcy Camper being mentally tough in a situation. Maybe you give up a goal that you don't like. <laughs> Just an embarrassing... I mean, sometimes, I mean, you're not going to like any goal you give up, but... Sometimes you're going to make a mistake, and some goalies let it get to him, and some don't. And for, well, for that, some nights, Darcy Kemper lets it get to him, and some nights he didn't. And on this night, it's just, he recognized, obviously, obviously, how much the Wild needed this game. Basically, the season on the line, so to speak. And this is a point I really needed to get to, is guys like Brett Sutter and Tyler Granovic, if I'm saying his name correctly, who were called up before the game due to more sicknesses and injuries, of course, 
Hall has obviously been scratched, and he's been scratched for a while now. He's not in Iowa. He's just uh, in the press box. And, of course, at this point, Mr. Uh, uh, Mikhail Granlund with the wrist injury out for four weeks. You got Granovic down there to be the uh, fourth-line center. Him or Ryan Carter, Justin Fontaine, whoever it is, you kind of shuffle them all over the place, all those forwards shuffling them all over the place. And Brett Sutter, who's also up to play left left winger for the Minnesota Wild on the fourth line. Really nice. Nice passes. His first ever multi-point game. He got two assists in this game. A second and third assist. At this point, it was three assists and three games for Brett Sutter. Uh, Nice. And that's the key there is there are multiple players in this team that are counted on to score and they haven't been scoring. It's like they're complacent or something is just not clicking with them right now and it's bugging them. So you bring up guys like Brett Sutter and Tyler Granovic, who is also very good, but Sutter especially, who at this point in time, I mean, their focus is going to be on, well, <laughs> staying in the NHL. And they're going to play with, they're going to play with an immense amount of passion. I'm sure they want the Wild to win, per se, because they're with the organization and such. But a chance to stick with the organization and be a factor, that is a plus. And it's nice to be able to say that guys like that can come up here and give the Minnesota Wild such a burst of energy. And, hey, I mean, sometimes you need that when other guys, you've been questioning their effort, their passion, their mental fortitude, whatever the hell is wrong with guys like Thomas Vanek. You've been questioning his... his, uh, You've been questioning his effort the whole season. So you bring in effort guys like Brett Sutter who need to play their ass off just to stay in this in the NHL and maybe he'll get better that way. <laughs> and hey, it helped us win the game. A game that we so desperately need to win. <laughs> in order to play desperate <laughs> in order to play desperate, sometimes you need guys that are desperate to stay in the NHL and there it is, I suppose. I mean sometimes as long as the guy's good enough to Get the job done. There it is. And Brett Sutter, to me, I mean, I, I think he could be a, at least a fourth line player in this league. Uh, shoot, I mean, why not? He's it runs in the family. That's not the only reason, obviously, but he has some ability to be in the league. And Tyler Granovic is a seventh round pick for the Minnesota Wild just a few, just a couple of years ago. Still very young, and he's a guy who's displayed some ability. He's been leading the Iowa Wild in scoring most of the season, so. There it is. I mean, he's a guy that's been playing better than a lot of us probably expected. And who was the best player in the Iowa Wild last season before he got called up? And he was a seventh-round pick for the Minnesota Wild a couple years before. Eric Halla. That's right, Eric Halla. So you never know. I mean, sometimes sometimes it happens. Maybe maybe the Wild can, can catch another one here. Another seventh-round pick that's going to work out. Eric Halla has definitely been a non-factor borderline invisible for the entire season. You're not seeing the speed, you're not seeing the defense, and you're certainly not seeing the scoring out of Eric Halla that you saw last year. Maybe Tyler Granovic can at least provide some of that even if it's just a short time on the Minnesota Wild roster, but the fact that he has been productive with the Iowa Wild, that's a good sign. And and at such a at such an early start too for him too, at such a young age. It's not like he's 35, you know, out there or excuse me, 25-26. Where Brett Sutter is that, he was a sixth-round pick a few years back. So, just hoping that a guy like Brett Sutter, maybe this is his chance. This is his chance to at least be a fourth, maybe even a third-liner 
with the Minnesota Wild, particularly in a situation when we need players that, well, they want to be here and they're going to give you the effort and they're, they're healthy versus the guys that are injured so or, or sick. So there it is. We appreciate that very much, Red Sutter. Definitely a nice, uh, a nice boost for the Minnesota Wild in this game. And of course, Darcy Kemper, flat out awesome in this particular game. So here we go. <laughs> the game reviews. The Minnesota Wild never play well on New Year's Eve. The Minnesota Wild always play on New Year's Eve. It's been a tradition for many, many years now. And the Wild always seem to lose this game. And it seems like every single year, at this point in the season, at the end of December, <laughs> Mike Yo's job is borderline on the line. In fact, last year it pretty much was hanging by a thread when we lost to the St. Louis Blues in a nonchalant, meh, like 2-1 to one loss to the St. Louis Blues. So what do we follow it up with this year? In a situation when we we're playing we're playing desperate and we're trying to catch up with the Winnipeg Jets and after a nice emotional win with third and fourth liners saving the day and, and a defenseman who's been playing extremely well and has a rocket for a shot. He's really become a factor for the Wild with his ninth goal, that being Marco Scandella. So what do you follow that up with? Well, <laughs> you follow it up with... Uh, a 3-1 to loss in Columbus, Nationwide Arena, with 18,000 people watching there in Columbus on New Year's Eve. A team that's 500. A team that's coached by Todd Richards, who's just, you know, he's just an average coach at best. He was let go by the Minnesota Wild for a reason, because he's just not that good. Um, he's, he's done a good job in Columbus for the most part, particularly about two years ago for them, but really ever since. I'm not seeing it. I mean, they're they're just an they're just an okay team anyway. Chance for the Wild to get something done. Four minutes into the game, hey, the power play clicks and Zach Parisi now is tied with <laughs> Nino Niederreiter with his 14th goal of the season. Mika Koivu and Thomas Vanek factoring in, and again, why the hell Mika Koivu is still on the power play? I have no idea. As for Thomas Vanek, well, he's got 16 assists somehow, but hmm, yeah, he certainly hasn't been scoring just once in a while and. Fluky times that the I mean at the most luckily at the most opportune times thank God for that but uh, yeah, overall though his scoring hasn't been hot the whole season still only six goals on the year but all six of them again extremely clutch times game tying and game winning type goals so we do appreciate that yeah yet at the same time again a guy like Nino Niederreiter on the power play certainly wouldn't be uh, offending anybody I would think in this town. Zach Parisi, a guy who absolutely deserves to be on that power play and has been the most valuable player for the Wild all season. Yeah, getting his 14th goal right there. A guy who is, you will never question his effort and you'll never question his ability either. Worth every penny, as they say. one nothing Wild? Hey, I feel good. <laughs> we, beat the, we beat the Winnipeg Jets two days ago. Let's, let's keep this going. Let's take apart this, uh, let's beat this mediocre 500 Columbus Blue Jackets team who's now in the Eastern Conference. A team that we absolutely can beat, I would hope. No, that's it. <laughs> yeah, the Wild wouldn't score again. The Blue Jackets would the Blue Jackets would shut the Wild down the rest of the way and the Wild would put up 29 shots and only one would get past Bobrovsky. Oh, goody. Sergei Bobrovsky and Darcy Kemper. Well, he was good. I mean, he was good enough, you'd think. Only giving up... <laughs> well, you'd like to say he was good enough. <laughs> Ultimately, the Wild gave up an empty, empty netter. So two goals officially count against Darcy Camper. I mean, I think he was good enough. 
90, 92% save percentage. Not as good as Brovowski over there, but a beatable team. Yes, it was a road game, unfortunately. That's the hard part, but a beatable team. you got to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets, man. And I, and I know you're not going to beat them every single time, but this was garbage. Nobody was happy with this. It was another snooze fest of a game. Uh, they just lulled us to sleep. Another quiet, effortless type of game. Like the San Jose Sharks game a couple of weeks ago that we were talking about. Just another game. You just sit there and wonder what the hell happened. I mean, why can't this team be better than this? Miko Koivu amazingly had seven shots on goal in this one. I mean, I'm just shocked even thinking about that and seeing the number there. It's like I know he shot. He he got the shot. He got the puck on net a few times, but didn't realize how many. Kind of surprising there. But of course, none of them went through. Not a single one. And very few of them are really anything special anyway. They just were shots on goal. That's the deceiving side of that statistic. But overall, just a sad, disappointing game and a very telling game for the for the state of the wild at this point in time. And I don't really have a whole lot to say about this one. I mean, you know, and it's kind of funny. You know, it's New Year's Eve and everybody's so excited that it's New Year's Eve and it's the greatest thing ever that, oh my God, it's going to be... Another year when everything's pretty much the same anyway. Yeah, it's a fresh new start, but, eh, you know, life kind of continues where it left off some, I mean, most of the time. That's kind of how I look at it. <laughs> Though, okay, let's when you look at the positive, sure, you can, uh, you can go there and look at the fresh start and hope for the best. And, yeah, some years do bring good and new things. And for the last, I mean, last year the Minnesota Wild were surprisingly better in, uh, well, hmm. <laughs> January into February after that. And then, of course, they made their run into the postseason. That almost could have been a lot further than it was. <sighs> this time, I, I, I don't know. I mean, just nobody's looking good for the Minnesota Wild right now, other than Zach Parisi, who's clearly playing his best season with the Minnesota Wild, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Pominville's struggled. Very few defensemen are doing well. Of course, Marco is having an awesome year. Yes, like I mentioned. But other guys, even Fontaine, not what he was last year. Coyle... Well, he, like, never scores, ever. Matt Cook was out for the longest time, so I can't really talk about him. Kyle Brozniak is what he is. He'll score once in a blue moon and at good times, but overall, he'll screw you. He'll make mistakes more often than he'll help you, <laughs> to be quite freaking honest. Vanek, we've talked about him extensively, and so have shows uh, other shows throughout this town. Miko Koivu has been on the decline for a while now, and, boy, it's been it's been a tough year to watch him. Hala, yeah, we all know that. Four points throughout the entire season. Just unbelievable. He hasn't done jack bleep the whole year. Horrendous. Just absolutely horrendous. It's like, where more can we go with this one? What more is there to say for the state of the wild other than what I'm about to say? The Minnesota Wild are now... Not only, well, not only is it <laughs> still a tough, uh, steep hill to climb to get into the postseason. Oh, sure, we're only seven points behind Winnipeg versus nine points a week ago or so. So that's the good part. Okay, we're a little bit closer to the Winnipeg Jets now. Okay. Now we're just two points out of last place. Yeah, that sucks. We are literally just two points out of last place in the Central Division. Are you kidding me? You know, I wish I was kidding, but I'm not kidding. 
<laughs> the Wild are only 17 and 14 on the year. 17 and 14. Oh, and by the way, yeah, they've been passed by the Dallas Stars. So now you got the Stars breathing down our back. Not just trying to catch up to the Winnipeg Jets. The Stars are breathing down our back. Oh, and yeah, they're one point ahead of us now. Isn't that just great? Doesn't that just give you the warm and fuzzies here on New Year's Day? Or whatever it's going to be when you're listening to <laughs> the 2nd of January, maybe. Or 3rd, or whatever it is. But again, Happy New Year there. But uh, doesn't that just give you the warm and fuzzies that the Dallas Stars have now passed the Wild? And they're only three games above 500. Three games above 500. That's how bad it's getting. Oh, remember those Chicago Blackhawks that, you know, we're going to chase them down. We're going to pass them this year. That's how good we are right now. And I know very few people said that, but it's like there's this hope that maybe, just maybe, we could pass them or get close to them, compete with them. Well, if you're the National Predators, yeah, yeah, you absolutely would be doing that because the Predators are well behind the Minnesota Wild last year. They're one point behind the Blackhawks right now, 24-9-3, and 51 points, one point behind the Chicago Blackhawks. Three, no, four points. Four points ahead of the St. Louis Blues. Nashville Predators. And yes, in fairness, their prospects have been a huge positive for them, just like Colorado last year. Colorado, their prospects, picked up the pace. And of course, the new coach the new coach, and Patrick Waugh, boom, there they were. Right there, ahead of the St. Louis Blues. Rock and roll for them. Or was it Chicago? Pardon me, it was Chicago. But um, they're actually ahead of Chicago. That's insane when you think about that. Um... But there it was. I mean, there it was. <laughs> Last year with Colorado, I guess it's Nashville right now. Oh, goody. It, isn't that just great? That just gives me the warm and fuzzies, too, to see Nashville not only leapfrog us, but like springboard past the Minnesota Wild. They're only 13 points ahead of the Wild. Yeah, good luck catching them, barring some type of insane winning streak. Because, by the way, when you're winning four or five games in a row, if you're red hot on fire, and God bless you if you are, Oh, but by the way, does that mean Nashville's going to lose four or five games in a row and you're going to catch up to them? No, it doesn't work that way. That's just if you're extremely lucky. Then that's the only way. <laughs> yep, that's the only way you're going to catch up. It's tough. It is very tough to catch up to teams when you're down only like seven, eight points, much less 13. So just saying the state of the wild right now, when you look at the big big picture here, we're going to have a hell of a time catching the Winnipeg Jets. And... <laughs> Well, luckily the Minnesota Wild did play well in the head-to-head matchup, but they didn't get what they needed to get, and that was a full-blown sweep. In fact, they actually lost one of the two games. That's the sucky part. The fact that the Jets were able to get two points out of that weekend, disappointing. Yeah. Oh, disappointing. Mm, The Wild got three points, and the Jets got two. So, yeah, ultimately, not enough, as we like to say in the business. Not enough. Not enough, unfortunately. So, that's the situation with the Minnesota Wild in the standings right now. Really wish there was more positive things to say other than, well, it's nice to see again that we have guys coming up out of the the AHL with the Iowa Wild that are, well, they're a factor. They're physical. They're aggressive. The Brett Sutters and such. And Tyler Granovic, I can't even say his name, but um, he's been playing well. He's, he's not been anything spectacular. Tyler Grayovac, almost like like Rayovac batteries, but Grayovac batteries. <laughs> Grayovac has been, he's been good. He got three shots at goal. He was aggressive and he didn't do well on the faceoff or anything, but oh well, you know. <laughs> but he, he looks like he's got some skill in this league. He made some nice moves, didn't finish. That's the unfortunate part, but um, 
uh, it's just kind of is what it is when you talk about the Minnesota Wild. It's been a long review segment, and do you blame me? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's frustrating. It's been a very frustrating season, and this last week was just another, uh, just another slam in the face for me and others out there that really believe that this could be a special team if they actually, well, were playing up to their potential and all that. Puck luck. Yeah, the puck luck hasn't gone the wild way either. Okay, let's wrap this segment up with the awards for this this week. Mm, the Mike Madonna Award. Well, let's just start off with the James Shepard Award first. Let's just start off with that one, because the Mike Madonna Award is actually going to be tougher. The negative one, I'm going to give it to Koivu. Just frustrating. Just a non-factor on the power play. And that odd man rush was brutal. It, it was just awful. And of course, the fact he gave, not only to give up the odd man rush, but he also just... Another fundamental error. Watch Blake Wheeler slip right past him. And again, ultimately past John Curry right there. Terrible. <sighs> and who do you give the uh, the uh, Mike Madonna Award to? i got to give it to Parisi. Not only for effort, but for overall, I mean, performance. And it's not like he stood out performance-wise. But it was better than other guys, I guess. I mean, he was better than everyone else by a, by a, by a, by a margin. And... Ultimately, the effort is what it is. Spectacular effort at all times. Certainly not a perfect player by any means, and certainly nothing dominant, but good. Better than everyone else, and that's why you get the award. So, Mike Modano Award goes to a guy who'll probably get the ultimate award years from now, should Brave the Wild still be around like 10, 15 years from now when Zach Parisi's older and grayer, when he's like 45 years old, like Mike Modano is today. <laughs> and um, it'll be the Zach Parisi Award. In fact, it'll probably it would probably be that much earlier. But just saying, we'll call it the Mike Madonna Award right now. There it is. Well, let's wrap up this segment. We'll be back for some previewing in the next week and wrap up this show. Ah, winter and snow are back again. Nothing tastes better this time of year than vanilla bean buffalo sweat by Tall Grass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. This vanilla bean edition of Buffalo Sweat literally warms your innards in this outstanding stout with that warming vanilla kick. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter at TallgrassMN, and like them on Facebook. Simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. sportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting the sportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Like 
too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Brave the Wild on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. Contact us and support Brave the Wild by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. It is the preview segment. So we're going to preview the game's upcoming before the next show, per se. I like to record around Friday, Saturday with Brave the Wild, something like that. Probably usually Saturdays, but this week it happens to be New Year's Day, and of course it's always flexible, but you get the idea. That'll be the general times. So we're going to preview four games. Toronto tomorrow night, Friday night, (laughs) Dallas Saturday, back-to-back games. Minnesota Wild host the Toronto Maple Leafs, head to Dallas, Texas. That'll be interesting, like it always is. And then a couple days off, Tuesday, January the 6th, Minnesota Wild host the San Jose Sharks, and then two days later, another big rival, but, well, we call them a rival more than they call us a rival. The Chicago Blackhawks come to XL Energy Center for a, you know, another pretty important game, I would hope. Minnesota Wild have a tough schedule here in a lot of ways. Lots of teams that they need to win. Uh, need to win against, obviously, what else is new? I mean, every game is a must-win game at this point in time. i got to think for the Minnesota Wild, or at least that you better... You know, play better than you have been type of game. <laughs> I mean, significantly better. The Wild need to get on some type of stretch run here that, uh, <laughs> yeah, it needs to be a sustained run of very good hockey for the Minnesota Wild. And they're going to have a tough time about it going into Axel Energy Center tomorrow night playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, who unbelievably are just a wildcard team in the Eastern Conference, despite the fact they're extremely good. 21, 14, 45 points overall, and they're only one point ahead of the New York Rangers for the final wild card spot in the Eastern Conference, and the Boston Bruins breathing down their back, three points behind even the Florida Panthers, who are surprisingly better than a lot of us thought, and gosh, remember when the Wild played the Panthers and our record was far superior to theirs? Well, they're better than us now, too. I mean, everybody's leapfrogged the Minnesota Wild pretty much since uh, the past, uh, since like the month of December or so, since about Thanksgiving. Everybody's leapfrogged the Wild. I mean, yeah. I mean, Florida is three points better than the Wild right now. It's sixteen and ten, and nine. They've had they've been snake bit with overtime losses in the uh, South Beach. Way off track. I do apologize. Oh, Toronto! My goodness. I mean, uh, scoring machines in Toronto. They score. <laughs> they score goals. They score goals. So the Minnesota Wild hope is that we can score goals as well. Because their goaltending situation, not the best you've ever seen. I mean, they're not really getting it done to the level that they certainly hoped. Jonathan Bernier, Bernier with well, he has two shutouts on the year. Goals against average, 2.65, and 8 on the season. Save percentage, about 92. Not bad numbers. I mean, gosh, it's a, we'd take that here, I suppose. Darcy Kemper's number is about, well, almost the same, except for the save percentage, of course. But the goals against average about the same. Nothing spectacular, but a lot like Philadelphia. A lot like Philadelphia, but better. <laughs> this team scores. And I mean, they score in a big way. Phil Kessel, 41 points in 38 games. 18 goals, 23 assists. James Van Rijmsdijk with 35 points in 38 games. 17 goals, 18 assists. Very balanced. Tyler 
Bozak, 30 points in 38 games. It just goes down the line. Six, seven players with 20 points or more. And, of course, two of those guys, defensemen. So, Wild definitely have their work cut out for him. Dion, Dion Phaneuf with 20 points in their, you know the full 38 games. Cody Franzen in 36 games, 23 points. That's obviously the other defenseman with the Toronto Maple Leafs. An unbelievably talented team. I mean, three guys with 30 points or more. And again, like I said, seven guys with 20 points or more. And it just continues to go down in a very, fairly balanced uh, <laughs> very balanced numbers. Guys that are very close to each other. The next guy is very close to the guy ahead of him. Wow. Uh, an overall extremely talented deep team. Very surprised they haven't had more success to this date. But then again, I th- we might have to be quiet about the Eastern Conference being uh, inferior to the Western Conference. Despite the fact the Western Conference is insanely good, insanely <laughs> talented, insanely tight, and it's very stiff competition. Look at the Eastern Conference, though. I mean, look at the New York Islanders, you know, emerging just like the National Predators. You know, 51 points for the New York Islanders. They're tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, my God! That's insane. Who saw the New York Islanders being tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins coming into this season? And I've always had my eyes on that New York Islander team, thinking they're talented. But, yeah, that's nuts. Um, back to the Toronto Maple Leafs, though. My God. I mean, I think the Wild are screwed going into this one, barring like a really good night by Darcy Kemper. The Wild are going to have to hope and pray Darcy Kemper is on his game. And, and he has been the past two nights. And credit to him. I mean, he was the second candidate for the uh, Mike Madonna Award because of how well he played the past two nights. I was thinking of giving it to him, but when you saw how poorly he played against uh, teams like uh, Philadelphia Flyers, you know, and such. Just a wimpy goals, just softies, just killed us. I can't give it to him for that. I mean, Parisi deserves it more than him. He's going to have to be on his game, and if you see a soft goal early against the Toronto Maple Leafs, we're done. If there's like a two like two minutes into the game, and it's just a softie, and it's like somebody's just throwing the puck on net, like a Phil Kessel or Bozak or whoever, just throwing the puck on net and it goes right past him, good night. Or, or say like a Cody Friends and puts it past his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, Wild are not going to the Wilder screw and they'll lose like 5-2 to two or something, just like the Philadelphia game. Ah, boy. I, I want to believe the best here, but gotta go with the way things are headed. I think the Wild lose tomorrow night to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hopefully the Wild come out and physic- just get physical with his team and shut down all, all the passing lanes. That's what you can hope for. And Darcy Kemper stands on his head. But the law of averages and from what I've seen this season, the Wild do not win tomorrow. And I'll give it. I'll make it a four to two loss for the Minnesota Wild. The uh, Maple Leafs score goals, and the Wild score a couple, but not enough. Just a four to two loss, and another game that'll frustrate and piss us off. And the Maple Leafs continue to do what they do, <laughs> much to our chagrin. Dallas Stars, a team extremely familiar to all of us around here, and a definite rival and a must-win game for the Minnesota Wild on Saturday night. I think the Wild come back and win. Despite the fact the Dallas Stars have a bunch of scorers, at least at the top. <laughs> After the first three guys, it's a pretty good drop-off. They're not like the Toronto Maple Leafs in the scoring category. Tyler Seguin, definitely, Seguin, excuse me, definitely a legit stud in this league. Even more, even doing better than Phil Castle. 25 point, uh, goals, 19 assists, 44 points in only 36 games. Jamie Benn, another really good player. Jason Spezza, a... Uh, veteran 
who's still good, but not as good as the previous two guys, Seguin and Ben, definitely leaders of the Dallas Stars, young star leaders of the Dallas Stars, two type of guys the Minnesota Wild are dying, I mean, wish that they would have right now, like a Mikhail Granlund and a, uh, maybe a Nito Nita writer could be Jamie Mann, and Granlund could be Tyler Seguin, oh my goodness, wouldn't that be wonderful? Unfortunately, that's just not the case. But again, the Dallas Stars, not as much of a balanced attack as the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Wild have played the Stars fairly well this year, and I think they win the game. Uh, Stars overall, not that good, despite the fact, again, they passed the they passed the Wild, but Kerry letting in a beatable goalie. A good goalie, but a beatable goalie. And, and you know, a slightly above average right now, not having a very good season, to be quite honest. I wouldn't call his season even above average. They just have a winning record because they score goals. 16-8 and eight for Kerry Lennon in the backups. Boy, oh boy. I mean, hey, <laughs> if you don't, if you see either Lindback or Renas, which you won't see, I don't think, coming into this one. If you, if you see either of those guys in there, Wild better take advantage and win the game because both of their goals against average well over four a game. Kerry Lennon inconsistent, though, all season. Three shutouts, again, but almost three goals a game average. And luckily for the Stars, they do have some scores at the top. And that's what, that's what they rely on. If the Wild can shut those guys down, they should win the game. And I think the Wild win 3-2 to two in Dallas, Texas. Be it a shootout or a regulation. I'll go with a regulation win for the Minnesota Wild. Because I do got to say shootout or regulation, just to be fair. Even though that's kind of like luck of the... Like puck luck, almost like when you, in your predictions. But 3-2 to two win for the Minnesota Wild. So nice confidence booster. The Wild pass the Dallas Stars in the standings, provided the Stars don't build a bigger lead if the Wild lose uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow night. But Saturday night, the the Stars do not defend their home state (laughs) that night, and the Wild get it done. San Jose Sharks, though, oh boy, that's a team, uh, Wild never seem to play them well, but the good news is, the good news is they never play them well in the Shark Tank, but they seem to play... The Sharks slightly better here in XL Energy Center. In fact, we've had some success. The Sharks right now, though, they are in the playoffs if the season ends today. They're third place in the Pacific Division with 45 points, 20 and 13. A team that's familiar to us, but certainly not as familiar as the Dallas Stars. I mean, everybody knows the Stars in a big way for so many reasons. The veteran Joe Thornton leading the way for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Lots of veterans, lots of familiar names. Even their head coach is very familiar to the Minnesota Wild in the past. <laughs> and he's been, uh, yeah, he's still there. Obviously, he was the head coach of the Houston Arrows in the past, uh, long ago now. Joe Pawlowski, right behind Joe Thornton with 32 points. So they're led by the Joes. Brent Burns, who's, well, one of the highest scoring defensemen in the league right now. Actually has one more goal than Marco Scandella. And 28 points overall. 10 points, 18, or 10 goals, 18 assists on the season. Brent Bird's having a very strong season for the San Jose Sharks, but I'm still not a fan. Definitely more of an offensive player than a defensive player, and a guy that's, you know, he makes a lot of mistakes. So, I mean, at least he did in the past. Certainly been on the uptrend, though, for the San Jose Sharks, and a perfect fit for that team, to be quite honest. (laughs) A team the Wild historically have not played well, but I got a good feeling going into this one. I think the Wild, uh, I think the Wild win this one. I think they ride a nice little two-game win streak. I think they end the <laughs> massive, it's been a ridiculous run since about November 20th, I believe, since the Minnesota Wild have won two games in a row. And it has been since November 20th, since the Wild have won two games in a row. That is just unfreaking believable when you think about it. I mean, that is an embarrassing statistic. 
just embarrassing. Yep, two games in a row. The Wild actually had won four games in a row at the time. They were playing fantastic. They beat Buffalo 6-3, to Dallas 2-1. to That's about what I think the Wild are going to do again. They're going to beat Dallas on Saturday night again. They beat the Jets in an overtime game, and they beat the Philadelphia Flyers. How familiar is that? In Philadelphia, of all places, four wins in a row at the time. That is the last time the Wild had won multiple games in a row. I think the streak ends Tuesday, January the 6th. The Wild end the streak. They win, and they score goals against the not-that-great San Jose Sharks. Well, they're actually better defensively than they used to be. I think the Wild win 3-2 to two in this one in overtime. This will be an overtime slash shootout type of game. It'll be a close one, but the Wild score three, and it'll be an overtime type of game. And it'll be Darcy Kemper saving the day in the in the shootout. I think it's going to be a close, tight-knit type of game, but the Wild ultimately win it in a shootout or in overtime. It'll be extra, you know, extra ice time, we'll call it. <laughs> it'll be an overtime loss for the Sharks and a overtime victory for the Wild, which is obviously just the same thing. Two points. The Wild get it done. And you'll probably see like Brent Burns score a goal or get an assist just because he always does against us, and that's just how it how it goes. A familiar name and a guy that uh, is on the awards because he was such a bust for the Minnesota Wild in the first round, James Shepard. <laughs> He's still playing. Yep, yep. See, if a guy's a bust and he goes to another team, I can use his name on this show as a like a bust type of player because that's what he was for us. Number 15, James Shepard. 10 points in the year. 32 in 32 games. A nice third liner, third and fourth liner for the San Jose Sharks. A kind of guy that we hope Brett Sutter can become who's had a, who's given uh, the Wild a decent amount of hits in the small amount of time that he's been in the National Hockey League with the Minnesota Wild. Only four games so far for him. Three assists in four games. Not bad for Brett Sutter. But yeah, James Shepard, eh, he's getting it done for them. And Thomas Hurdle, Certainly not the goal-scoring phenom right now that he was that he looked like he was headed to, towards becoming last season in that crazy game. Seven goals, seven assists, fourteen points in thirty-eight games. So, eh, less than half <laughs> scoring in less than half of the games he's been out there on the ice for the Sharks. Not a bad player by any means, but certainly again not this super duper star that uh, a lot of people thought he was headed towards. But we'll see. I mean. <laughs> Sometimes it just takes a little longer. Hopefully that'll be the case for Mikhail Granlin and such. Maybe that injury will be exactly what Granlin needed. Some time away. Some time to sit and uh, study and watch. Come back and play much better. Hopefully that will be the case for the Minnesota Wild in that situation. So the Minnesota Wild. As I keep saying their name. It's, it is what it is. That's what, that's what this team is. Obviously that's what this show is all about. We host the Chicago Blackhawks in XL Energy Center. Thursday the 8th, that'll be the final preview. Actually, it won't be, and I'm going to make... No, yeah, I will be. I'm going to skip Nashville for now, because you can only preview so many games. I'll probably record sometime Friday, Saturday next week. We'll see. Um, I'll try to record Friday night if possible. But uh, Chicago... Don't like our history with them. I don't like our current or past history with the Chicago Blackhawks. It just always seems to go the Blackhawks' direction. Bounce of the puck, and of course the overall talent and skill of that Blackhawks team. They just get the job done. They have Mr. Showtime himself, Patrick Kane. Regardless if he's a showboat or uh, or this or that, <laughs> or or a or just a nice uh, modest guy. Regardless of what he is, he gets it done. He's uh, 
the kind of player the Minnesota Wild have never had because they've never had a number one pick. <laughs> 41 points in... Uh, he's pretty much got the same exact statistic line as Mr. Phil Kessel. <laughs> 18 points, 23 assists, 41... Uh, 18 goals, that is. But, uh, yeah, and, uh, just a superstar. I mean, a, a better player than Phil Kessel, even as good as Phil Kessel is. Just a better player. A team that's just, uh, you know... Even though statistically they're not as spectacular right now as they as they are. Just an overall depth. I mean, they have so many great defensemen. Patrick Sharp, as we know. And Brian Pickle is always a wild killer, despite the fact he's pretty much a third, fourth line guy. Brandon Saad, who is basically a way better Matt Cook. <laughs> he's ex- that's exactly what he is. The type of guy that uh, will agitate but never fight. At least not very often, to be quite honest with you, because he's only got eight yeah, I can't even believe what I'm looking at. Only eight penalty minutes on the year, but he's probably forced other guys into like a million of them. That's just who he is. Another second, third line type of guy in Brandon Sod, a guy who'll drive you nuts. Just overall talent, up and down. Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Patrick Sharp. It just goes up and down, and they have so many good players. Even Harmerson, um, Jarlson, uh, I can't even say his name. <laughs> Obviously a guy that uh, Lou Nanny in their cast has encouraged the Wild to try to acquire in the offseason. That day hasn't come yet. He'd be a physical stud defenseman that the Wild could really use. Hopefully someday we can get that type of guy. Unfortunately, to date, the Wild haven't been able to do that. Who knows what's going to happen. I'm not going to even speculate on what trades the Minnesota Wild could make in the upcoming uh, weeks or so. But I do think the Wild make some type of trade. Because they have been making trades the last couple of years. And you know something's going to happen. You just hope it isn't another Matt Molson type of move. It's probably going to be for a defenseman, though, and not a forward. Because the Wild have a lot of forwards now. We need better defensemen. We need better defensemen. And I doubt the Blackhawks will make a trade of us, but eh, you never know. Nah, they're not going to make a trade of us. There's just no way. You're going to have to hope to snag somebody out of the Eastern Conference. That's usually where trades will happen at this point in time, because... If you, even if you help out the other team, they're on the other side. So the only way it would affect each other is if you both meet in the Stanley Cup Finals somehow, some way. Just like the, the North Stars and the Penguins years later with Larry Murphy. And that was uh, quite a quite a big bleep up for the North Stars that we will never forget in this town. Mm-mm-mm. Horrible trade that was. Well, we all know who's on the Blackhawks. You know, I mean, we know all the names. Like I said, Sharp, Hosa. Jonathan Taze, who I didn't even mention, but everybody knows. He's the captain. He's, like, the best, probably, overall player. Whereas Patrick Kane is the superstar, the scorer, the sniper, the guy the Wild wished they had. But the problem with the Wild was they never were terrible. They were just, they were always just out of the playoffs. So we'd get the ninth, 10th pick, and we'd get Mikhail Granlin, not Patrick Kane. That's the problem. It's like, if you're going to suck, really suck. And if you're going to be good, be really good. And that's the Blackhawks, two Stanley Cup champions, all those last place type of finishes, but two Stanley Cup championships, and um, I hope that's it, but there's definitely no guarantee. Obviously, we all know Kyle Corey Crawford is. He's having a pretty solid season. Anti Ranta is even doing well. Even Scott Darling, they're all good. They're all doing well. They're having a nice season. Corey Crawford's playing with a lot of confidence. Goals against average, only, only 2.13. Save percentage, 92%. Well, shoot high on him. That's about it. <laughs> That's what you got to hope for, obviously. Something we talk about forever. That's been Corey Crawford's slight weakness, we'll say. 
hope for the best there. But I'm going to pick the Wild to lose this one. I'm going to say the Wild lose 3-2 to two in this one. Nah, let's make it, yeah, let's make it 3-2 to two in this one. The Wild lose. They, they keep the Blackhawks in check for the most part, but ultimately a big clutch goal late for the Blackhawks will get it done. Maybe the Wild sneak out a point in this one, and I say they sneak out a point in this one. I think the Wild, are, the Wild play a little better after that, that win streak. They'll sneak out a point. Maybe the, the, the they tie it up at the last minute, or the Blackhawks tie it up, whatever it is. They sneak out a point, but ultimately don't win the game. Maybe a Patrick Kane goal in overtime, whatever it is, or who knows. Marion Hosa, who's been killing us forever after we tried so desperately to sign him several times and never got him. He'd always wind up somewhere else. That figures. Mm. <laughs> Boy, at least we don't have to hear about Nick Letty anymore because he's on the Islanders, but now they're doing super good. That figures. But we got Needle Rider from the Islanders, so we can be positive with that. So it'll be a slightly more positive week, believe it or not, despite the fact I do have some losses on the schedule here in these next four games. I think the Wilds sneak out, if you can believe it, five points out of these four games, which is crazy. I know you're probably laughing and even thinking about it, but it's not unbelievable. And the Wilds still lose two games here. You get beat by Toronto right away, but you beat Dallas, and you somehow sneak one pass to San Jose and, and squeeze, and I mean barely squeeze out a point against the Black Ice. Because as good as the Blackhawks are, and as well as they play against us, the Wild play pretty good against the Blackhawks too. And I think they chip out a point against the Blackhawks. This team is desperate. They need to step up. And these are teams that they're familiar with, and they need to get the job done. Toronto's a team they're not familiar with, and lately they've not been playing well against those type of teams. But we have been playing fairly well against the teams we are familiar with. And that is the trend of this of this, of this preview. This may be a slightly longer show than I was thinking, but I suppose there was some catching up to do and a lot of previewing. Yeah, a little slightly longer than I expected. Over an hour. Kind of surprising, but oh gosh, a lot to talk about. Lots of opinion, lots of frustration, lots of overall uh, wondering what the hell's going on ultimately with this team. Effort, execution, I mean... That pretty much is what it is. That's pretty much what the Wild need to increase in a big way this coming week. This is a huge week, and basically the rest of the season, every week's going to be a big week. Cliche or not, these are extremely big games coming up. We're so we're far we're so far behind that these are absolutely must-win games, pretty much for the foreseeable future. But I think the Wild do turn things around a bit here with some of these quote-unquote role players, some of these call-ups and such. Mike Yo is at his best when the Minnesota Wilds back are against the wall, as long as he's not completely undermanned like he was his first go-round with the Wild when you had the Warren Peters leading the way. There was just nothing they could do at that point. I mean, you had nobody. Kyle Brodziak was leading the team in scoring for the longest period in time. That's how bad it was that season three years ago, and boy, do I not miss that. Or was that already four years ago? Like two and a half years ago? (laughs) Three and a half years ago, it was hell. I don't miss it in the least. Three and a half years ago, my God. Mm -mm -mm. Well, so we're going to wrap up this episode. There was a little back and forth on the Facebook page with uh, Mark Carlson and such. Usually when we play the Winnipeg Jets, because his wife happens to be from Canada, and she's a Winnipeg Jets fan, which... Is a bummer, but it is what it is. It's a team we officially hate now in this town. 
<laughs> yeah, we officially like cannot stand that team right now. And do you blame me? I'm going to try to see if there's anything new on the face of crazy before I wrap things up. This might seem a teensy-weensy bit unorganized because of uh, throwing this in at the last second, but we'll check it out. Um, nothing really going on. No, uh, there was one comment about the... Uh, release of the most most recent show. Mark Carlson was saying that was fun to listen to. Thank you for the update. I think the team is playing very well this year. Yeah, I'm glad I read this. So I have overheard some complaints about our goalies. Keep them coming, Joey Awajan. And thank you very much, Mark Carlson. And I'm going to disagree about the team playing well this year. Um, yeah, they were for a while, but by this point, by the time I rec- had recorded the last episode of this show... This team was sucking, man. I mean, the whole month of December, they were terrible. And, I mean, just beyond. I mean, Mike Yo's record in December is something like 4-23. and 23. It's pathetic. In fact, it's probably 4-24 and 24 after last night's regulation loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Thank you so much, guys, out there. His record in December has been horse bleep, without a doubt. Um, so, uh, and no, I don't think the Wild have been playing particularly well. Though, the first month and a half in October and, well, up to November 20th, (laughs) up to November 20th, yeah, the Wild were playing pretty well. But that's a good month before uh, I posted last show, episode 89. And there it was, Mikhail Granlund out approximately four weeks, and Mark Carlson simply saying, dang. That pretty much is what that is right there. I do think he made some other random posts, and maybe somebody else did as well. There were other posters in the past, and I kind of miss you guys out there. Hopefully more people will show up. Uh, Nora, oh, Brent Jacobson posting a picture that I didn't see before. Norm still sucks. I like that, so do appreciate that. He had the North Stars logo starting with the word Norm, like Norm still sucks. And Mark Carlson recently was talking about watching the rivalry boil. Jets at Wild. It's one nothing Wild after the first period. Shout out to Jamison Chase Carlson, are you watching Jay? And they kind of had a little conversation back and forth. And yes, there was the luckiest bounce ever in the overtime. That cost the Wild (laughs) the game there. That was that overtime game. Yeah, the lucky bounce that I just basically want to forget and I didn't even want to talk about because it's just like, whatever. At the end of the day, the Jets won the game in overtime and that's what it was. Just another BS lucky bounce by the Winnipeg Jets. Just whatever, you know. <laughs> uh, there was still a defensive breakdown on the play, like I was saying earlier. And yes, there was a defensive breakdown, but then there was the lucky bounce, and that's what uh, ultimately killed us. Mark Carlson at the time was saying, rematch Monday night, and don't forget to download the podcast, Brave the Wild. Thank you very much, Mark, and uh, I do hope you do enjoy it. And Jay Mason, I hope you do check it out indeed. Do check it out if you can. That would be appreciated. I believe he's in Canada, so from what I from what I'm seeing there. So thanks again for those of you that listen, and please do rate Brave the Wild on iTunes if you could. Would be greatly appreciated. For those of you that like the show, and if you don't like the show, eh, you don't need to rate it. Whatever. <laughs> uh, no reason to not like the show, to be quite honest. I really enjoy doing this, and I hope you do enjoy listening. No reason to not like the show. It's it's about the Minnesota Wild. It's detailed. It's passionate. And... I mean, what, what more can you want? What more can you want? Passionate, detailed, honest, and accurate information when talking about the Minnesota Wild. What more can you want? Thanks again for listening. 
do appreciate you all very much. And we'll be back next week to talk about, hopefully, a positive little stretch and the end of that lack of two-game win streaks for the Minnesota Wild on the next episode. Take care, everybody.